Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Liz Shannon Miller at, li- wait, no, I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. It's Monday, guys. We're a little we're a little slow, as always, because Game of Thrones, once again, eats up our Sunday nights, along with three other shows last night. Thanks for that, Sunday night. Veep, 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 veep. And Preacher. Preacher had a fun episode, and uh, Ben finally got around to writing about Feed the Beast. Yeah, I did. Everybody was on pins and needles waiting for that one. Um, and it turns out that my decision not to care about Feed the Beast was the correct one. I don't know, Liz. I think I think there's there's something there that you'd really enjoy. What is that? Um, I don't have a specific example. I just feel like it's one of those shows where there's so much going on you would have found something to delight in. That feels right. Like, I feel like there's probably some bonkers plot or character choice I make that I, I would get into. There are some bonkers characters. The Tooth Fairy still just stands out. I I don't understand him. Yeah. But to talk about a show that people might actually care about, or actually rather to just kind of segue us to our topic today, um, we were. I, I watched instead of Feed the Bees last night, I watched a little bit of Angie Tribeca, and I was really enjoying it. But uh, yeah, it's a great show. Everybody re- should be watching it. It's tremendous, and it airs tonight, guys. Just FYI. Yes, it CBS. airs Monday nights, and you can catch up on season one on Hulu. And I really, I no, I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. And I was thinking this show could be good for kids, like just be- or families to watch together because there are a lot of big goofy jokes. It's almost it's pretty cartoonish in the its approach, and. Ben and I were chatting about it this morning, and what we kind of realized was what, what I what we realized was that we didn't really understand how families work and what should be watched by children. So we decided to ask the internet. There is no family. Uh, ben, no, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I mean, but you had a we had a great moment where you I think you asked me like straight up how old or like if it, if a certain age was old enough or young enough to watch Angie Tribeca, and yeah. I just said no. I was just like, I don't think, you know, 14 or 12 or whatever it was, I think you need to be older. And then you kind of had a moment, and we were like, well, yeah, actually it is. I mean, it, it does seem like the kind of show that could be more suitable or, or you know, potentially suitable for all ages since, you know, everybody's got their own priorities on, on what can be good or bad for their kids. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it opened up this very interesting discussion, which led us to this very interesting website. Yes, uh, for... Ben and I are not parents, so we don't we didn't know that this existed. Well, I mean, I think I had a sense that websites like it existed. But right now we are on commonsensemedia.org, uh, which is a which is a website devoted to rating, educating, and advocating for families, ki- kids, families, and schools. And so what they do is rate and review TV shows and movies as well, but we only care about TV in this case. They rate and review uh, TV shows by the level of appropriateness for children. So question, when you say review, are they reviewing them with a critical eye towards their quality, or is it strictly based on, you know, their, you know, their their beneficial aspects towards children slash families? Well, I'll tell you, Ben. Uh, I'm looking right now at uh, the page for, Bob, for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and uh, there is a, there, there's a star rating that's rated four out of five stars, and it's refer, you know, there's a so there's a quick slug of like you know lighthearted cop comedy serves serves up laughter, laughs and diversity. 
Uh, it is, however, rated age 14 plus, and there's a detailed description of why parents need to know that Brooklyn Nine-Nine can mix a slapstick comedy fighting with some positive messages when it comes to men and women working together as part of a team. So it's actually got a pretty, it's got it's got some pretty positive ratings in terms of like positive role models and positive messages, but it does get dinged for having some violence and sex and language issues. Not issues, but content. Yeah, and to be fair, I'm pretty sure that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, is TV-14, so that's straight in line with uh, with whatever those those... Yeah. In, logos are that pop up in the corner of our screens. In fact, yes, Brooklyn Nine Nine. If I didn't mention already, is rated for ages fourteen plus. It's it's rated for ages fourteen plus. I said that multiple times for no reason. Fourteen plus guys. Fourteen. We're trying plus. to emphasize that if you are letting your children watch this and they're younger than fourteen, you're a bad parent. That is not what we're trying to say, but oh, we are saying sorry. that we're saying that the good people at Common Sense Media I think got that. very confused. But the, their rankings do actually seem really interesting, and they bring up a lot of issues related to television that we don't normally look at. So we wanted to go through. We made a list of shows, and we're just going to see how CommonSenseMedia.org uh, ranks them. Just which it, I must say is the sexiest website title I've ever heard. Like if if I just wanted something to grip me right off the bat. Common sense media is, it just feels like it, you know? It just speaks to you. And then they add the .org at the end of it. I mean, it doesn't get any better. Yeah, I'm going to have to stop saying that over and over again, or this podcast is going to be an hour long. Um, of course, we, so the first, one of the first shows we checked out was The Leftovers. And we, so we've already looked at this entry, and it's eight, ranked age 17 plus, uh, which is... Fitting. It, Fitting. It is ranked four out of five for violence, sex, language, and drinking drugs and smoking. I think the uh, I think the the big thing that the show that there's a the, lot of smoking. Yeah, there's a lot of smoking. Actually, that's a really good point. Um, that's canonical. And well, also, technically, they're not portraying the smoking in a positive light. So maybe they should get credit for that. I think also like one thing, uh, but I think the, the actual big thing they have is it shows irresponsible. Uh, teen partying, which I guess they, <laughs> I guess is a big flag for, uh, for for parents, which makes sense, I guess. Like kid, you know, kids see something on the on the TV, they do it. Oh, there's far worse things than kids can do these days than wander off into the woods and climb into a refrigerator and see how long they can survive in there before they suffocate. I mean, that seems that seems pretty harmless. Yes, uh, slightly less harmless is the Americans, which we looked up as well, and is 16 plus. Uh, for mostly it gets a th- it gets only a 3 for violence which i actually genuinely question i feel like that's that insane. shows that's shows pretty violent it's extremely violent um, but we also have a 4 for sex and language so those are shows we already looked up uh, I mean, that, that really has the, those things i mean it, it sets up such a, a great dynamic at least in my mind because it's, i mean then the choice has to be which would you let your kids watch first is there a difference when they're when they're 16 is it okay for them to watch The Americans? And then when they're 17, is it okay for them to watch The Leftovers? And as I mentioned to Liz already, I really think I would wait on both. I think it would be, I think it would be later. I mean, I think The Americans probably, I would, you know, I could see, I could see watching that with like a, a late teenager, like 16 or 17. So I, 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 but you know, 15, 15 might be, 15 might be okay. Like kids these days, they're growing up fast, you know? I disagree. My kids will not grow up fast. They will stay young forever. And that's why they're going to wait until college. (laughs) For everything. For everything. For everything good. So we're going to move on to shows that we haven't looked up yet. And we're going to try to guess what their ratings might be. And so first up is Downton Abbey. Oh, Um, God. Uh, I feel like this is a TV PG one. Um, 
There's not a lot of sex. On I'm gonna Downton go. Abbey, I'm gonna go ten. I'm gonna go ten plus. I, I don't think a ten year old would want to watch Downton Abbey, but I'm gonna think like they're not gonna say they're gonna say ten year olds. Ten year olds are cool with it. It's a joyful show. I'm gonna say twelve. I'm gonna go twelve. Okay, so that let's type it in. Let's Suspense. wait for the internet to load. Thirteen. Damn it! I was close. You were closest. Point uh, for Ben. Point for Ben. Uh, no points for Liz. Uh, the ranking, important fact, uh, uh, it includes a two out of five for positive messages, positive role models, two out of two for violence, two for sex, two for language, and two for drinking drugs and smoking. Personally, I would amp up the drinking drugs and smoking to three because there's a fair amount of there's a fair amount of drinking and actually some cigars and pipes and so forth, and yeah, actually I'd forgotten that there's a fair amount of like you know. I guess you don't actually see a ton of sex, but you know, Lady Mary certainly does get get herself into trouble in season one. I think the biggest question for me so far, off of what we've what we've described, is really what do these people see as a positive role model on television? And and granted, The Leftovers is not necessarily the greatest example of finding people that you want to emulate your life after. Um, and and Downton Abbey, it's a little you know. I, I mean, I feel like there's good people on there. There's a lot of likable characters. There's a lot of people who are consistently trying to do the right thing. And then for me, I guess Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like you mentioned before, how can that not be a great example? Like everybody on that show has a really strong moral compass. There's always like a, 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 a resolute you know, part at the end where like, things come together in, in the right way. Um, very positive outlooks, very good people. I mean, they definitely you know have their flaws because this is TV and you don't want a flawless character on TV. Except for Friday Night Lights, which made that work with Coach. Oh, my God. Is that the five? Is that the one that gets five? It has to be, right? Okay, I'll look up. Positive role models, period. I'm going to look up Friday Night Lights right now. Um, I guess they'd get, probably get dinged for Riggins. Yeah. Friday Night Lights and comes smash. in at a 14. But you are right. It gets a three out of five for <gasps> positive role models. Three? But, but I think they're very strict on this one and uh, on, on that category. like Because the, the idea of a positive role model for kids is maybe a slightly more simplistic idea than being like like for Downton Abbey they're describing how like the characters are humanly flawed and they do grow and change but I don't think they're like you know superheroes so I'm gonna I'm gonna for for fun I'm gonna type in I'm gonna type in but Sesame coach, Street I just don't understand coach and Mrs. Coach are like a 10 on that scale that only goes to five so even I mean, if the rest of the like the, the children frankly Saracen's a pretty good role model too but I mean, even if you even if you put Riggins down at a zero, which is unfair, but frankly, he gets into some trouble. The average should still be above four. I mean, that's just crazy. I think I think oh, no, that's basically kind of what they say here. They're just being very strict with the ratings. Uh, Coach Taylor is that's deeply strict. committed to the game and his players, often acting as a mentor to members of the team who need guidance. But some that's players selling act, him short. So, so there's more too. They actually mentioned what more about, about Mrs. Coach. However, Taylor does not allow the team's needs to overshadow his family relationships and works hard to balance home with football. That's better. Yeah, see? But the, some players act out inappropriately due to their local celebrity status, while others struggle with serious family, health, and or personal issues. So I think, like, I'm going to look up Sesame Street right now. We probably Struggling with family issues shouldn't be a ding on your moral character. That's something that builds it up. All right, I'm... I'm Looking up Sesame Street right now, and this is actually a harder one to look up because there's a lot of entries for Sesame Street. Do they have the HBO version on there? Uh, I'm let's, sure that's a little bit harder. I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The hard, the harder, edgier Sesame Street. That's definitely got a little bit of a, um, a dark streak to it. Good lord! Heavily influenced by True Detective. All right, I can't actually find Sesame Street on this on this on this website. 
this is, seems like an oversight. There's just like a lot. It's not like there's one Sesame Street listing is the problem. There's they just, just know it, though. They, they they know that no one would come and look for Sesame Street on this because no one questions it. It's it's that good. But they should have they should have explanations for it so we can understand, you know, the barometer of success here, like how to measure against the other shows. This is the standard that they must meet to get to X on the criteria. Okay, scale. I found I, it took me a little scrolling, but I I found it. Okay. Um so Sesame Street is what do you, what what's your guess for it age-wise? Uh 4. Okay, 2. 2. 2 plus. I didn't know it could go and, that low. Good lord. Um <laughs> So there's no violence or scariness or sexy stuff or language or consumerism or drugs and drinking. It gets a zero out of five for all of those. But it Sesame Street, and this is, this is the scale we're working on here, Sesame Street only gets a four out of five for positive messages and positive role models. So the fact that so the fact that Friday Night Lights got a three for positive role models, I think is that's a big deal. Okay. Wait, wait now I'm now I'm forgetting things. Was it wasn't Brooklyn Nine Nine like a two? Was Leftovers yeah. a zero? Leftovers was a zero. Okay. Yeah. All right. I guess the scale's starting to make a little more sense now. But All good right. lord, four out of five. Four who out is, of who five. Who is the flaw here? Are they worried that that you know uh, the oh god I'm forgetting Sesame Street characters. Uh, the the garbage guy, um, Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. Oscar is, the Grouch is bringing down yeah, the is average. Yeah, he just lower. Like, is he just tearing this thing apart from a file? Like, is he ruining their perfect tomato meter, if it were? I guess. That's ridiculous. I, <laughs> I mean, they the, the 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 description of positive role models is, is very positive. Like the diverse human cast, a wide variety of Muppet characters possess a wide range of skills, talents, and personalities. Kids and adults with disabilities are often featured prominently as part of the spectrum. Like, it's all very nice. I guess they're just not like, you know, they're not just flat out angels and saints is maybe, I guess, the issue. These guys, I mean, they're tough critics. They are. This They're really digging in. I mean, I am, I'm impressed that they are, they're not even giving it away to Sesame Street. That's... That's shocking to me. Yeah. Now I'm terrified to see what some of our other shows have. You know, okay. like what we've prepared. I was thinking, you know, a few of these would be at the four. I was hoping. I mean, I didn't even think of Friday Night Lights. It's not on our list, but I yeah. would have expected that to be at a five. And now I'm now I'm actually, frankly, shocked it's at a three. Yeah. Um. Let's go to Veep. That's next on our oh, list. Oh baby, here we go. Here we so go. So we're going from Sesame Street to Veep. Perfect. I. What do you? Okay. So first off, age. What do you guess? Seventeen. Correct. You oh, got, right nailed it. Nose. Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, what do you think it got for in ranking for positive role models? Zero. It actually got a one. Selena, mo- Selena's motivations are good, and she does want to make a difference <laughs> no, in her business. <laughs> what? No. What? What show did they watch? Her motivation. She doesn't seem to be. Her motivations are entirely within herself. They are the most selfish motivations imaginable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm. I don't know. This week, she she commissioned a boat to be made, a, a U sub in Colorado, simply so she could get majority of a state for an election in the House that she's not even going to win. Um, maybe the people at CommonSenseMedia.org are not updating this on a weekly but basis. But when when was she motivated by? Like when was she trying to do the right thing? I mean, you could go all the way back to the abortion episode. She's playing that strictly through political reasons, like just trying to preserve herself. That's what it's always been. I, that's fascinating. They got a one. Yeah. Good for them. And now I'm mad. The leftover should have a one if that's the case. I mean, Michael, great character on the leftovers. And I mean, even even Christopher Eccleston, he's great. Kevin, 
Kevin's Kevin. the man, guys. Uh, you, you keep saying and that Nora Kevin is a good is guy. Nora is awesome. God, who doesn't like, who wouldn't want their kid to grow up and be like Nora? I mean, you don't want her to be sad and tortured, and you don't want the things that happen to Nora to happen to them. But she is a great person. She's a great person, certainly. Okay, I'm going to change, let's see, what, what's next on our list? You want to try uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I mean, there's an episode of Veep called Cuntgate this year. How could it have a one? <laughs> like, I'm just... All right. Yeah, let's go Unbreakable. Let's do it. Um, for, actually, I went, before, before we leave this, uh, parents need to know that strong language is the biggest concern in the HBO comedy series Veep with F-K and every imaginable variation of it. Yes, that is accurate. So they have watched it. Good. Yes, they have watched the show. Um, okay, we're trying Unbreakable. Unbreakable. What do you guess? Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going I'm to go with 14. Okay, I'm going to go 13. You are correct again. God, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm one with this site. This is actually my site. Sorry, I should have brought that up before. But what's really interesting is that this gets the common sense seal of approval for great for families. 14 plus but seal great for of families. approval. Okay, so what are the positive attributes that they're giving to Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I well, mean, obviously it, her, her spirit. Yes. It gets a two for positive messages and a three for positive role models. Kimmy's the ultimate optimist, looking past the darkness of her past to a brighter future. She also brings out the best in other people and inspires optimism in them. There's substance to every character, often, often belying first impressions. I really like that. That's a good summation of the show. I, I agree. I'm just now I'm getting very hung up on the rubric. I mean, the idea that, that Friday Night Lights and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt have the same rating is a problem to me. Uh, do you want to hear the you – you want to end about sex? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so it gets a three for sex. Wait, it, what does that mean? Well, it it's it here's what here's their here's their justification. References to sexual fetishes. Um, a man says he has sex with the costumes in his store, for instance. Orgies, sluts, and milfs. Teens discuss having sex with older men. So it's all the references. But I guess wait. So on the on the on the sex scale, do you want to be higher or do you want to be lower? I think like well, I mean, I think if you want your if you want kids to be watching it, I think you want to be lower. Right. But for the other ones, you want it to be higher. So, like, sex, ideally, they'd have it down at a zero. Exactly. If you wanted it to be officially for the whole family. Exactly. Okay. I got it. Okay. Interesting. But, yeah. So, but otherwise, uh, it, gets, it, gets a very, it gets a very positive rating. Um, so, it's, it gets a very positive rating. And there's some language and sexual content, mostly controversial, conversational, relating to fetishes, orgies, and slang such as MILF, to watch for if your teen wants to tune in. But there's also a very strong cast of women who show depth of character, self-reliance, and a lot of heart. Okay, so so, so far, kind of to, to summarize quickly before we move on uh, to a few of our next entries, I mean, the worst option right now is the leftovers, or are the leftovers and Veep. Yeah. The best option. Beyond Sesame Street is probably is Kimmy is well, Kimmy and Friday Night Lights I guess yeah well what was I what was Friday Night right like was that a 13 plus yes uh I'm double checking that because I'm not you sure because I don't remember I yes that, Friday Night Lights was 14 damn it um Downton was I think 13 right yes yeah so you know right now we are doing terribly at picking shows that you're any any child under the age of 13 can watch well let's go with, let's go to bob's burgers i'm curious what they've got okay. bob's burgers bob's at. burgers uh typing that one in what do you what do you what are you guessing right now god based on this route i mean based uh, their scale um 11 okay optimistically i'm going 14 
God damn it. Yeah, 12. 13. Damn it. Yeah, we were both wrong. Um, okay, this one's interesting, too, rubric-wise. It's got a one for positive messages and positive role models. Um, Wait, what? Yeah. A one? A one. What, is Louise killing everything? Um, Bob is trying to build a business to support the family, but cast members lie, spread rumors, and engage in <laughs> other inappropriate behavior, all in the name of laughs. What? Still, t- still, teens and tweens will find a portrait of a loving, if literally cartoonish, family. It gets a two for violence, a one for sex, a three for language, two for consumerism, which is one we haven't talked I about yet. I still don't understand that one. It's ba- I think it's just basically meant to be like, if you want to let your child to grow up a beautiful hippie child full of peace and love and no Kardashians, um, you want a low, school, low score on the consumerism rating. So would like high product placement in a show <laughs> result in a, in a higher consumerism score? In fact, uh, for for Bob's Burgers, brands, celebrities, and TV shows are referenced. Kitchen Nightmares, The Human Centipede, Justin Bieber. All of those things are inappropriate. Should not be ex- children should not be exposed to them. I will agree. I will agree with that. Yes. I'm still. I'm still. This this role models thing is really coming back on me. Maybe I just have a very light, you know, scale or, or a low bar for what my my role models are. But I mean, come on, uh, Lu- Louise isn't that bad. Tina is fantastic. And and frankly, I mean Bob and Linda, come on, great parents, A plus. I'm going to see good work ethic with their kids. Let's check out Fuller House. God no. <laughs> but you while I, while I look it up, Ben, uh, what say again? What you uh, what what age it was appropriate to watch Fuller House? There's literally no age for anyone, <laughs> which would make it appropriate for you to watch Fuller House. Not even an immortal vampire should be watching Fuller House. Because in theory, they would have all the time in the world. Eventually, they'd need to watch something or they'd need to watch this because they ran out of other options. It's still There's still better things to do with your time than to watch Fuller House. That being said, what do you guess for, for rating? If, honest to God, if it is lower than 12, there is a problem with this site. <laughs> they, were, they were bought out. It should be, it should be like 13, but I'm going to say 12. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go fourteen. We'll see what happens. Ten. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> to be fair, it gets a three rating. <laughs> oh my god! On the plus side, it does not have more positive role models than Friday Night Lights. This is how I'm. Choosing. It should have a zero positive role. <laughs> it should have negative positive role models. Those people are terrible people. They are not even real human beings. <laughs> Let alone good human beings. That is, this is a catastrophe. I'm leaving. I just, that's just, Ben has literally taken off his headphones and is taking some time to think about his life and his choices. Not my choices. I mean, okay, okay. Read me what. Read me a little bit of their explanation for this. I, I can't possibly. I can't even think of an example of something good that happened on this show. Like I can't even think of something worthwhile that occurred. And okay. Least, I mean, under positive messages, strong themes about families, especially non-traditional ones about love and loyalty. The show doesn't delve too heavily into the emotional side of characters' major life changes, such as divorce and losing a parent slash partner. But there are many heartwarming moments related to more day-to-day struggles. Yeah, the key takeaway from Fuller House is to ignore big issues that would affect your kid in a drastic, deep manner. You should just 
brush right past it and immediately start dating <coughs> two new guys, bring them into the house, and have a good time. I mean, and not only that, but let your crazy sister, who's a DJ <coughs> club promoter, just bring all of her insanity with, with drugs and alcohol and friends and, and just, oh my, no way. I can't even, I can't even speak intelligently about this anymore. We've got to move on. This is awful. It does get it. Does. Oh, I probably peaked like 30 times. I'm sorry. I probably broke everyone's speakers. I apologize. <laughs> well, you keep leaning back in frustration. So hopefully that's the balance. <laughs> you just got you just got us knocked up to a two. I bet. <laughs> we're, we're we're bottoming out. There's no way we're we're not suitable for all ages. We're suitable for I don't know. Right. No one really. Here, here. No one I'm gonna I'm gonna, to I'm gonna let's let, let, let's let's calm down a little. Let's go to friends. I'm going to guess. I feel like this isn't going to make me calmer. Okay, I'm thinking it's a 15. Can I please just put it out there? And can we all agree that everyone, every child in America, should watch Friends before they watch Four House? I mean, they given that we were taking the hard stance of no one should watch Fuller House, I'm with you on that. I mean, at, at any age, it's better for a kid to watch Friends than Fuller House. Okay, yes. I'll, I will go along with you I'm on this. I'm going to be livid on this role models thing. I guarantee it. I am going <laughs> to I'm going to guess it's like 14. Okay. So let's see. 14. Right, That's whatever. lower than what I guessed. Hey, actually, it's pretty good. So I've got a three for positive messages. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of squabbling, ribbing, and drama amongst the six main characters, but ultimately their relationships are solid and they're always there for one another. They really are. Uh, it gets a two for positive role models, which remember two's pretty good. Two's pretty good for this one. I'd put yeah, I'd put friends a notch below Friday Night Lights. Plenty of iffy behavior over the series long run. There's plenty of iffy behavior, but it's all played for humor and makes the characters more relatable. It does get a note for very little diversity. It's interesting how they say like how they almost make an exception for the fact that it makes them more relatable in this specific instance, but like for Bob's Burgers, that doesn't apply. I guess it's because, like, maybe it's just that the ki- maybe it's like seeing kids be mean spirited. I don't know. Like, it's not like tart. Like, I mean, because the, the note they made was it's for humor that they are they are ribbing each other and you know pr- pulling pranks and whatnot. And you know what's not nice? Ben are pranks. I don't think that's true. I, I maybe that's the flaw in my logic. I, I think that you pranks have, are you've great. had terrible role models growing up. Apparently, I feel like I'm a pretty good person. So speaking of pretty good people, let's look at you're the worst. <laughs> Oh my god, the role model <laughs> score on this is going to be in the negatives. Uh, but really, it should be pretty high. I'd I think put, I, I'd put it very high. 15, I think, for age. Six, I'm 16. I'm going to go 16. Oh, we're both wrong. It's 17. They got up to 17 with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of drugs. There's a lot and of they drugs. Do, they treat it pretty casually, so that might emphasize like an older age. Group. I think it's honestly, I mean, to be, oh gosh, yeah. Thinking about like, especially the first, very first episode, this gets a zero for positive messages and positive role models, which well, is I a don't shame. I know about that. I disagree. Um, but I think, I honestly, my guess would be this hasn't been updated for season two because they don't, me- they, I think it's based entirely on the pilot because they don't mention anything about, anything about Gretchen's, uh, uh, you know, of depression, right. which I think I think would actually probably improve. It's especially in the positive role model score. Well, let me ask you this, Liz: You've got a kid. He or she is growing up. It is growing up. I like that my I like that my child is maybe p- pushing gender boundaries. Absolutely, progressive household. Yes. Which show do you let them watch first? You're the worst, or Veep? Oh man, probably Veep. I'd probably let him watch You're the Worst. Yeah? Yeah. How so? 
I think that the people on You're the Worst are good people. I think the people on Veep are bad people. Huh. I know. Except for maybe Gary. I see. I, I totally see your argument there. I, I think I just kind of like the idea of making my kid understand that I kind of like the idea of making my kid understand that government is not to be trusted and that other people who are running our country are just as screwed up as anyone else. I feel like if you, I mean, again, we didn't define the age in which that would be okay, but if you let that happen too early, it might ruin them for life. Like, it might disillusion them so quickly as to what's coming that they may just turn into really pessimistic, sad people. You know, Which I couldn't blame them for. But at the same time, you want to preserve innocence for a little bit. Speaking of, you know what we should do now? We should look up the West Wing. Oh, man. Role models has to be off the charts. Yeah. I'm thinking at least a three. <laughs> and but With what, our what, scale. What, With this scale, it's like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the best show we can think of, probably a three. Probably, probably a three. Like, just a pay, like a 60% on a 100% scale. But what, what are we, we going to guess age-wise? Um, it's an interesting question, too. I mean, they're not considering the fact of whether or not they can understand it, right? It's just... Like, if it's appropriate. Because they're not going to comprehend most of the politics for a yeah. little bit in, but... And, I mean, I am going to note that in the very first episode of The West Wing, Sam does sleep with a call girl. He does. By accident. Like, tripped and fell into her, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it is rated age 15 plus. 15? All right. But... Got not only does it get five... It got it doesn't No seal of approval. It's not good for families. But it does get five stars. And for positive role models, are you ready? We got a four. We got a four? It The, the role models on the God Western are as positive as they are on Sports Night. I, n- Not Sports Night. I'm sorry. Sesame Street. Sesame Street and the West Wing have equ- equivalency in terms of that category. I mean, it raises an interesting question. If, if only to pit President Bartlett against Coach Taylor in the ultimate role model throwdown. It's tough. It's a tough one. I, I mean, Coach- President Bartlett lights a cigarette and then snubs it on the floor of a Catholic church while screaming at God. <laughs> but Coach gets super drunk at dinner and gets in a fight with Peter Berg over a bottle of Jack Daniels. It's important. That happened on the show? Yeah. I forget this scene. Well, it's a great one. <laughs> clearly. And both of those are clearly examples of why they're positive role models. <laughs> oh, your children are going to come out come out interesting. Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor. That's my vote. Um, positive messages are three. Um, and violence. Three? Yeah, violence is a three. Um, well, for, for discussion of war it. and terrorism and the casualties of both. Oh, there's an attempt at assassination. Yeah, there's a... You know, somebody actually gets shot. Um, and language gets a three as well for mild profanity. Um, but it is basically recommended for your smart high school kid. Yeah, that's so if, fine. If you've got if you got a, if you got a weirdo on your hands, uh, and uh, speaking as a former weirdo myself, uh, I can highly recommend the West Wing. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if that's the right <laughs> endorsement. It's like if you got a weird kid, West Wing. That's that's the way to go. I was saying, yeah, but they, they they use the word smart, but we all know a smart high school kid is you know a weirdo. Um, you don't go. You, you aren't smart in high school and don't come out a little odd. Yeah, but I mean, if they if they maybe if they watched The West Wing and they watched You're the Worst, they would be they'd have like a, or no, if they watched The West Wing and they watched Veep, they'd have a balanced idea of politics in in this country 
like what it should be, what they can aspire towards, as well as what the reality is now, like how they can fix it. And then also they'll have, you know, a little bit of the nerdy factor for being obsessed with the West Wing, but then they'll have such an amazing vocabulary of insults to destroy their enemies with, destroy their That's tormentors. That's a really good point. Yeah, I think if, we if may I, have just solved parenthood. Yeah, like, just when their kid is 15, show them the West Wing and Veep. Boom. You're covered. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. I mean, sit there with them through Veep at least to make sure they're not getting the wrong impression. Have your discussions. Do your parent time. Yeah. But you'll enjoy it. It's good. Yeah. Also, I would probably note that if you're going to watch, if you're going, if you're, you're if you if you let your child watch Veep, you should prepare to hear some of those slurs, uh, slurs flung back at you. But, you know, sorry about that. Worth it. Worth it. Absolutely worth it. All right. I'm going to look up the X-Files now because we didn't get around to that one. um, And clearly we're going to have to do that. Yep. Which which is, which we poked at earlier, is a 13 plus, uh, which is not bad. But most notable, it gets a three for positive role models. It's on par with uh, Friday Night Lights. See, this is where the the scale really throws me off. It's like, sure, Dana Scully, best role model out there. Like, she's queen role model yeah but if we're you know averaging it out Mulder is terrible Mulder is not terrible Mulder is a porn addict oh <laughs> and he's open about it he's only a porn addict for the episodes <laughs> that are written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong let's be clear uh, I don't think children are going to differentiate between writers just yet or at least different they have to like learn separate. sometime Ben that's true that's fair right. um, but I will read out loud their description of Mulder and Scully of, of why it gets a three for positive role models okay. Mulder and Scully have a relationship of equals, devoid of traditional male dominance. They are also very loyal to each other. Scully's approach is more intellectual, while Mulder believes in conspiracies and the supernatural. I don't know how that's related to role models, but whatever. But the two are in pursuit of justice, but occasionally go against the law when they believe they're right. So that, I I am actually kind of reading that, like, I am... I think these guys are pretty good at at phrasing their arguments. You know, obviously they're constructing them on their own, and they, they do put a good, you know proposal out there however i mean when you're thinking about the x-files and you're thinking about role models do you really want your children to grow up completely without the ability to make a move in a relationship like do you want them to never couple up i mean speaking you just of which, don't want grandchildren fine watch the x-files speaking of which some it gets a two for sex uh which is you know Certainly lower than the leftovers, and you're the worst. On all levels, though. Let me see. Some sexual tension between main characters, and some episodes deal with sexuality on a variety of levels. An alien shape shifts from male to female after having sex, for example. I remember that episode. It's uh, gender bender. That was what it was called. Um, yeah. While others don't address it at all. <laughs> Usually those episodes are written by Chris Carter. Um, oh. <laughs> that is not in there. Rare allusions <laughs> to unusual sexual practices, such as inbreeding. <laughs> this is a great, that's a great description of the Exiles. They still didn't mention their stunted relationship dynamic, which oh I think my is God. an issue for are, anyone who's growing and, and coming of age that, and trying to you know, figure out how to talk to the opposite sex. We might actually have to have an entire podcast on this topic because I feel like the, the, the drag out fight we, we need to have about it is is looming that they're bad at it that oh. they're bad at being a couple they're bad at being a couple but you at least said they were a couple nah, i don't think they are uh then does not think that Mulder and scully count as a couple friends if you want to write him directly uh his email address is ben at at ben at indywire.com his twitter is ben t travers please feel free to flood his inbox with um remarks on that concept i expect to hear nothing because everyone will agree with me 
or because we've been talking about this for 35 minutes now and people have gotten tired of us reading out loud from a website. Yeah, and they knew that as soon as it started with the leftovers, it was end on the X-Files, and they were like, God damn it, I'm done with this. I mean, at this point, if you, you're tuning in, you know what you're getting, hopefully. That's a fair point. Um, But we... We, I, I really want to thank the people at commonsensemedia.org. Like, this is actually a great resource. I actually think this is a great resource if for parents. Like, Disagree. I mean, we have some, we have some nitpicks to make. If you want to con- bring us in as con- consultants, we'll happily explain to you why some of your reasoning is wrong. But I think, I think the thing is, it's better to have this approach where you're talking, you're talking pro- taking, go, taking a proactive approach at like, here's what's in this thing. Here are issues that you as a parent might have. Like, make your own choice, but be informed about it. Like, rather than just like being, say, hypothetically, um, the parents of a 13-year-old and just saying, no, you can't watch Disclosure on HBO. We refuse to let you watch that movie. We are parents and we are banning you and you will never see it ever. And just making it weird and exotic and actually not what it is, which is a subpar Michael Douglas, Demi Moore movie. That was pretty good. You like disclosure? Well, yeah. Point is, mom and dad, I don't blame reasons. you. I don't blame you for saying I couldn't watch that movie, but <laughs> yeah, you were right about that. Oh boy, um, hot stuff. But <laughs> it wasn't that. Anyways, the point Disagree. is, is that point is, is that parents parents making informed decisions is better than parents making blanket blanket declarations. And for the record, actually, for the record, actually, that's pretty much the only movie I have in my memory of that my parents actually forbid me from forbade me from seeing growing up. Well, more importantly, and, and the reason I don't really want anyone to subscribe to this site or at least just, you know, live by it on its own is that if you really do want an informed opinion, there's better places to find better information and more information about these shows. In particular, you can email Liz and I, like we mentioned, especially if you agree with our parenting strategies of combining the West Wing and Veep uh, for high school students in order to be both nerdy and cool. Uh, and also if you know you just support blasphemy in general, especially in, in grandiose gestures, such as you know giving the middle finger to God. Yes. Um, <laughs> with that being said, Ben, what was the best thing you watched last week? The best thing I watched last week, Liz, is actually not something I watched last week. I watched it about six weeks ago, and I've been waiting this long to talk about it. I still can't talk about it because it's not out yet, but you watched it, I think. I didn't watch the... I don't think I watched what you're talking... Uh, the you episode did not watch t- the season two premiere of Angie Tribeca. I did not yet, no. Guys, okay, if you are going to email me with complaints about my accurate description of the X-Files non-coupledom... Uh, please also email me after you've seen Angie Tribeca. Find me on Twitter. We'll have a great conversation about a very particular joke in this episode that is so, so good. I will. I swear I will watch it. I will watch it today. I will watch it today so you can finally talk to somebody about it. And then I will tell you the beautiful backstory behind it. Because okay. Because it's a great story, and it's it involves a famous person, and it's delightful. Excellent. Uh, Liz, what is the best thing that you've watched? Uh, the best thing I watched is I finally got to crack open Unreal and I scooped it up and I ate it all down and it was delicious. Two episodes. Two episodes. It was it was seriously a situation where uh, it was like a late Wednesday night and I was I I tend to fall asleep watching a lot of stuff and so I kind of put on Unreal just kind of thinking okay if I fall asleep it's not the end of the world um, I'll pick I'll, I'll finish it up later. Not only did I finish the first episode, I was wide awake and buzzing with how much the show pleases me, and so I watched episode two, and then I stayed up all night writing a review of it, and then I got I came into work so super energized and psyched, but also so full of love for this great show. 
Yeah, and it's important to note that review is live on IndieWire.com. We are also going to be doing weekly episode reviews uh, that I will be writing myself. So I am looking forward to digging into that episode this afternoon um, and then hopefully buzzing for the rest of the day slash the rest of the year because Unreal is the greatest. The one warning I'm going to issue about Unreal is one of the factors that did lead to me watching episode two immediately after episode one is that they kind of serve as more of a two-parter premiere than you know you'd think like that if you if you ended up saving tonight's premiere to watch next week so you could watch the two of them at once you might find that pretty satisfa- pretty satisfying that's just my warning my cat you have the willpower to wait another week to watch unreal i mean yeah if you, that, you. that is a big if that is you, a big if you were raised correctly and yes. whoever those parents are let us know what shows we should be watching. Yeah, what positive role models did your kids have? Exactly. Um, ben, what was what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Well, the next thing I'm looking forward to, Liz, is something that is very specific to myself and maybe, I don't know, 500 other people. But it is the very special event this Sunday at the ATX Festival in Austin, Texas. Oh, yes. Uh, the festival itself, obviously, everyone, uh, hopefully you've, you've heard of it, hopefully you've, you've attended because it's a celebration of all great things TV. Um, they really dig into kind of the fun debates around TV. It's, it's great. I'm very, very, very excited to be going down there. But on Sunday, one of their special events is not only a reunion of the OC with showrunner Josh Schwartz and a couple of the writers, but they're going to do a script reading they haven't announced which script reading yet. They haven't. We don't know if it's the pilot. I'm going to guess it's the pilot. That just seems like the logical choice. But they're going to do a script reading with special guests. I don't know who they are. Nobody does. Well, somebody does, but they haven't told us. It's going to be great. Yes, I'm guessing that you might look it, for clues. You might look at the lineup of ATX and see if like you know who's going to be in town and who they can wrestle into it. Like, well, yeah, but I mean. It'd be great if Martin Sheen stopped by to play Sandy Cohen. That would be really, really exciting. But I don't know if if, if he's open to that. And so there's just no guarantees. There's so many possibilities. It's exciting. I'm very excited. Ben, if you are going to ATX, uh, Ben, which panels are you moderating? Uh, I'm moderating the Outsiders panel, which I believe is on Saturday, uh, Saturday evening at like 5. And I'm also moderating the panel for Search Party, which is at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah, those are so going to be stop Search Party, especially. I, I, I'm, I'm going to endorse Search Party. That shows that shows really interesting. Legit, legit. But Liz, um, maybe there's something that you are looking forward to that people can actually see more easily. Unlike my recommendation of, hey guys, buy your plane ticket to Austin now. But these people are savvy. The, our listeners are savvy people. Some of them may be attending. Oh God, I, yeah, I'm sure they are. Um, you should say hi to Ben and then punch him in the face for thinking that Mulder and Scully aren't a couple. Seems extreme. Yeah. Um, maybe just a slap, a light slap. Um, but the next thing I'm looking forward to, and this is legitimately, I'm not saying it's going to be good. I'm not saying I understand what it is. But speaking of falling asleep watching TV, last night, uh, the last thing I watched before I fell asleep, I started watching James Franco's Mother May I Sleep With Danger. (laughs) And I don't understand it. I need but i need to i need to figure out what the hell is happening with this because the first i because like the from what i've seen so far like i managed to i managed to stay awake about 10 minutes uh before falling asleep through no fault of its own i just fall asleep a lot during tv um that i'm watching late at night after having worked frantically on game of thrones and other sunday shows for hours um anyways point is it looks it's it is 
It is so far promising to be weird as hell in a way that's actually interesting, as opposed to last year's lifetime bonkers lifetime movie, A Deadly Adoption, with Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig, which was just kind of boring and dumb, and we couldn't we we ended up writing nothing about it because there was really nothing to say. It was just a nothing project. You know, it'd be exciting if uh, if James Franco wrote about James Franco's movie. Or IndieWire's because it's it's IndieWire contributor James Franco is. Yes. I forgot that when you introduced. I forgot. I, for, I did forget name. to mention that. But I, I, the question is, is it going to be James or Samanch who writes about it? Uh, either way, I think it's a win. Yeah. Oh, why? Why can't? Why can't good things happen in this world like that? <laughs> Maybe it will. Maybe we it don't will. know. We, we don't, don't know what he's going to contribute. We, we can't. We can't predict. We can't predict predict what James Franco will get up to. IndieWire contributor James Franco. Yes, that's correct. Uh, where and you can read IndieWire contributor James Franco on IndieWire.com, where you can also read us, us, and other people who aren't also major movie and TV stars. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're stars yet, but they're stars to us. If you want to listen to them, make sure that you tune into Screen Talk with Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson. And Liz, we need to give a little like a little congratulations here. They've oh yeah, their one hundredth episode. Congratulations to Screen Talk. Yeah, you got you guys did it. Um, you've argued one hundred times with each other about about various movie about various movies and festivals, and it's been a real pleasure to follow you on that journey. It's been it's been an honor just you know being the being the second podcast in the lineup of IndieWire podcast. I mean, it feels great. I uh, love listening to you every week. Congratulations. And uh, listeners, our listeners out there who are still paying attention to this, I'm just saying, at their 100th episode, somebody sent them a cake. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And we're at episode, what, 63? This is 64. 64. Yes. We're getting pretty close. We're getting pretty close. We just have 36 more episodes, and then we get a cake. Liz and I can easily talk about The X-Files and The Leftovers for 36 more hours. No problem. No problem at all. Um, and you can see evidence of this on Ben's Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And you can see even more of it on Liz's excellent Twitter feed, which is at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Correct. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, you guys, keep watching television.